Hello and welcome to the Lone Wolves Club podcast, a podcast for conversations you won't find in the church, a club for those who feel like a lone wolf. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and like the title of this episode suggests, this is actually a part two. So I highly suggest, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to part one to get caught up to speed. All right, so without further ado, let's dive into part two. I think also why a lot of Christians say that if you struggle with anxiety or depression, you are sinning, is because I think it's also easy to chalk everything up to a sin right that anything going against anything that the bible says is automatically a sin so if the bible says don't be anxious for anything and you're anxious then you're sinning if the bible says be not afraid and you're afraid and you have the spirit of fear then you're just giving into a demonic attack and i think life is a lot more complicated than that i think mental health issues are a lot more nuanced than that I think being a human is a lot more complex than that. I feel like it's an easy answer to just chalk everything up to sin rather than diving deeper and exploring yourself and being honest with yourself about what you're struggling with and being brave enough to explore where the root of your brokenness is. And I know that sounds like a deep thing, and a heavy thing, but I think all of us have some brokenness inside of us on some level. Like I said earlier, I don't think people can make it through this world unscathed or without scars. We've all been through hard stuff. We've all had harsh things said to us. We've all had hard conversations. We've all had trauma. We've all had pain. And I think it's easier for people to ignore their pain and brush off their pain and hide behind the fact that it's demonic activity or the devil attacking you rather than having to show up at a therapy session and talk about hard things. In fact, I remember when I was leading up to going to therapy, I was telling a good friend of mine that I was really afraid. I was really afraid of having to sit on a couch and talk about some hard things and open up and tell a therapist, a stranger, some stuff that I haven't told anyone. But the only way forward is through things, right? <laughs> the only way forward in life, truly forward, moving forward in healing, moving forward in hope, moving um, forward in freedom is to go through the obstacles of life. You can walk around them, sure, but I would argue that the road is a lot harder and a lot longer if you walk around the obstacles of life rather than going through them. And one of those obstacles may be having to call up a therapist, make an appointment, and then actually go show up and sit on the couch and be honest about some things that you may have a hard time being honest about and open about. But... I avoided that for years and years, and my life didn't get any better, you know? 
In fact, I feel like with every hard thing that I've gone through, it's honestly just kind of worn me down even more. You know, I used to think that going through hard things would make me stronger and make me tougher. But I feel like now it's had the opposite effect. (laughs) And I actually feel more worn down with every hard thing that I face. It's all kind of compounded on each other and built up over the years. And now I'm finally unpacking some of that stuff and learning to let it go and learning to go through it rather than avoiding it and going around it like I have been all of these years. So I think that's why a lot of people chalk it up to demonic activity or an attack from the devil, because it's a lot easier than having to put your head down and go through those obstacles. I also found an interesting article the other day that talked about how people who are extremely religious, who are drawn to more extreme views of Christianity, like evangelicals or fundamentalists or even Pentecostals, all of which, again, I experienced growing up, so I kind of know this to be true. People who are drawn to those more extreme branches of Christianity are drawn to it because those branches of Christianity don't focus on the nuances in life. They don't focus on the gray areas of life. They often, people in those kind of um, churches don't see the world in gray. They see the world in black and white and absolutes. So that's why it can be so easy for people in those branches of Christianity to write off having anxiety as being tempted to sin or being attacked by the enemy because it's easier to categorize it as that rather than having a nuanced conversation about anxiety and depression and what causes it and how you know trauma and traumatic events can affect your brain chemistry can affect your emotions, can affect the way you relate to people, you know, that's a much more nuanced conversation. That's a much more gray area kind of conversation because it takes into uh, it takes into account the complex nature of being a human. And that made a lot of sense to me that people who are, you know, drawn to these extreme branches of Christianity often are very black and white people because I've seen that in my parents. I've seen that in my parents' friends. I've heard that from other people who grew up in similar households and similar branches of Christianity that their parents often saw the world in black and white and sin was sin and wrong was wrong and right was right and there was no gray area. There was no in-between. There was no nuance because it's easier to and less scary to view the world in black and white rather than gray areas, right? Because gray areas are messy and confusing and complicated and unsure and un- full of uncertainty and nuance and blah, blah, blah. And so it can be really overwhelming to view the world that way. And it's really easy and comfortable and safe to just kind of almost have a checklist and be like, well, this is wrong. This is right. This makes sense to me. I don't have to engage with the complexities of life. I don't have to have nuanced conversations. I can just check it off, you know, check off things on a list. I can put God in a box and my understanding of the world is complete. 
And I think that's just a really narrow way to live (laughs) because the Bible shows, you know, over and over that life is more gray and unexpected and complicated than we think. You know, Jesus was all about that, right? He was all about pointing out to people that what they thought was the answer was not really the answer and that what they expected from him was not what was going to happen, right? You know, the Pharisees expected Jesus to behave like them, to behave like a religious leader. And so when Jesus was dining with prostitutes and making friends with tax collectors and um, hanging around with fishermen and, you know, poor people and sick people, they didn't expect that. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand the complex nature of Christ and how he met people where they were at in their brokenness, in their confusion, in their pain, in their gray areas. So yeah, I think Jesus was the perfect example of showing that nuance and the complexity of being, you know, a human. Because where the Pharisees saw, you know, a prostitute and labeled her and wrote her off as just a sinner, Jesus saw a daughter of God. So, yeah, I think all of that goes to show that life and mental health issues are a lot more nuanced and complicated than people think, and I don't think they can just be written off so easily. Um, And I think, too, the reason why, you know, some people are so quick to write off mental health issues as just a demonic attack or, you know, activity from the devil is because I think it's a lot easier to just say to someone when they tell you that they're feeling depressed I think it's a lot easier to just say to them, well, have you read your Bible? Rather than, hey, well, you know, what's what's going on? You know, let, let's talk about that. Let's, you know, unpack why why you're feeling depressed. You know, what, what's been going on in your life lately? You know, did something happen? I think, you know, it's a lot harder to engage with people on that level. You know, it's easier to just be like, well, have you played worship music? <laughs> so I think that's also why some Christians are more quick to just write off mental health issues as, you know, demonic activity. So now I want to play devil's advocate, no pun intended, and share where I think demonic activity does live when it comes to dealing with your mental health, because I still have those Pentecostal roots. (laughs) I still believe in spiritual warfare. I still believe in demonic activity and demonic attacks and plans of the enemy, you know, powers, principalities that we're fighting against, you know, I believe in all of that. So I think demonic activity resides in your mental health struggles when you finally work on overcoming them. Because, you know, these last few therapy sessions and getting prescribed medication, like this journey that I've been on for the last 
three-ish months hasn't been easy. It's hard work, but good work at the same time. And I've already shared, you know, all the hard parts about it, you know, like unpacking things that I've never told anyone, and processing hard memories, all that stuff. But I think it's hard on a deeper level because I was just chatting with my husband about this, um, which inspired me to kind of wrap up this podcast episode. But we were chatting about how the other night I had like another dissociative episode where I felt my chest grow tight and I felt kind of that weird floaty feeling like I'm not connected to my body. And I think it was because I was processing how much my life and perspective has kind of shifted with getting on medication and with um, starting therapy, how I've already kind of uncovered some stuff that was buried deep inside of me. And I think, you know, I am now on this journey of fighting against my anxiety and fighting against my depression because those things have been with me all my life and I have just learned to live with them. I've learned to cope with them and I developed unhealthy coping mechanisms for dealing with my anxiety and depression. Um, and I'll go into that on a, another episode because it's a whole other story, but I just lived with it. I didn't try to fight back against it. I didn't go to therapy. Like I said, I finally went to therapy, you know, a few years ago, but I dropped out after like two months. <laughs> therapy dropout, but I'm back again. And that's really been the extent of my, you know, battle to overcome my mental health. I mean, even when I met my psychiatrist, she looked over my intake form and she was like, so you've never tried any prescription medicine before? Because she had a whole list of drugs um, for you to check off if you have been prescribed them before. And, you know, I didn't check anything because I haven't tried anything before. And I was like, no, I've, I've never tried anything. And she was like, okay, it, it's time. <laughs> so, you know, we got that figured out and everything. But I feel like I have been, you know, more intensely feeling, um, you know, opposition and struggle in working on overcoming these issues. You know, I told my husband it feels like there has been something like sleeping, lying dormant inside of me, and I'm kind of like poking it awake. And now that it's, you know, waking up, it's kind of more present and more in my face, whereas before it was kind of buried deep down inside me. It's kind of like poking a sleeping bear, you know, <laughs> and... Now that I am having to face all of this, I have felt opposition more strongly. And I think part of that is like what I talked about before, that, you know, the journey of healing is bittersweet because on the one hand, you're working through things, but on the other hand, you're reminded of how much time you have spent suffering. And so that can be sad and overwhelming to look back on your life and think about how many years you have suffered. Um, but you can also rejoice in the fact that you're finally getting help. So I think that's part of it. That's part of the bittersweetness and the opposition and struggle that I'm feeling. But I think the other part of it 
is demonic activity because I think the enemy wants to keep us the same, right? He wants to keep us in oppression. He wants to keep us the same. And if we don't change and if we don't fight back, then he has us right where he wants us. And I'm sure you've heard so many sermons about that, right? So many pastors talk about, you know, the devil only comes after people who are doing things. And if you're staying still and if your life isn't changing, you know, the devil isn't going to bother you. But once you start, you know, doing things for the kingdom and stepping out in faith and doing things for God, then you're going to run into all this opposition. And I think it's true. You know, you're not a threat to the kingdom of darkness when you are just the same and you are persisting in your old ways, right? But I think when you start to fight back against those things and you start to stand up and be like, no, I'm not going to, you know, exist like this anymore. I'm not going to live with my depression anymore. I'm not going to live with my anxiety anymore. I'm not going to accept that I have to live this way, but I'm going to fight back against it and I'm going to learn healthier coping mechanisms so that even if I still have anxiety and even if I still have depression, now I know how to fight it and now I know how to overcome it and work through it rather than letting it just rule my life and exist with me and protect me. And so that's kind of the journey that I've been on is learning who I am when I am actively fighting these things, because for so long, I've been the version of myself that just lives with them. And now I'm trying to be the version of myself that fights against them. And I think that's why, you know, even overcoming addiction is really hard for people, because the enemy wants you, again, to stay the same and to be reliant on those old coping mechanisms that aren't healthy for you. Again, I developed unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with my anxiety and my depression that I no longer turn to. And that's also been a fight and a struggle too. So I think that is where we feel the opposition and the oppression from the enemy, where we feel demonic activity, is when we finally stand up for ourselves and we finally... um challenge our old ways of being. And I think you will especially feel it if you are trying to break generational trauma, if you are the first in your family who is going to go to therapy and work on some issues, if you are the first in your family that is going to talk about the hard things. I think you will also feel opposition Um, not only from the enemy, but maybe even your family too, depending on how your family views mental health and talking about hard things. So all of that to say is that I share my story to normalize Christians talking about their mental health and talking about it from a, a scientific, psychological point of view instead of just chalking it up to spiritual warfare. I believe that both can exist, but again, I think the more common answer is rooted in um, scientific explanations and, you know, trauma that you've experienced in your life. I think that's more so the cause of anxiety and depression and all of that. 
And I also help to see more Christians talking about mental health um, in a positive way, which, you know, I'm starting to see more and more of, and that's really encouraging. I've seen more people share that on their social media. I've seen, you know, even Christian artists making songs and music about their struggles with mental health. There is an artist I really like, um, Chris Renzima, I think is how you say his last name. But he created an album called God and Prozac, where he talks about his own struggle with depression. And he echoes a lot of sentiments that I shared that, you know, no matter how much he read his Bible, no matter how much he prayed, no matter how much he believed, you know, he still dealt with debilitating depression. And so it's encouraging to hear other people have a similar perspective and have a similar journey because, again, I feel like there's a lot of shame within our community when it comes to dealing with your mental health. And the burden of getting well is placed on people's shoulders, but it's not getting well um, in a way that truly can lead to freedom and healing all the time. So I'm just going to wrap this up by encouraging you that if you haven't really prioritized your mental health or you have been told that your anxiety and depression and SI and whatever else you may be dealing with comes from a lack of faith, that that is such a lie. And I am sorry if that has been spoken over you. I am sorry if you have been made to feel shamed for something that you cannot control. You cannot control what other people have done to you and the impact that that has on you. You cannot control the source of your trauma, especially if it's generational trauma that has been passed down through your family, like abuse or of any kind, substance abuse even. You cannot control that. You cannot control how your body responds to hardships in life. There is a really helpful book I've read called The Body Keeps the Score. I know it was really popular on TikTok for a while, so maybe you've heard of it, but I highly suggest reading it. It was written by a psychologist who was prominent in treating um, PTSD. That was his specialty. And he has been a forerunner in a lot of um, areas of psychology, but he talks about how, and a lot of therapists talk about how your body is designed to protect you. And so a lot of our trauma responses, which is, you know, our fight or flight instinct or our coping mechanisms are born from your body trying to protect itself, your body trying to do what it was made to do. When you have an anxiety attack or a panic attack, that is your body's way of alerting you that something is not right. Something is wrong. And if you struggle with anxiety and panic attacks um, for a long time, that is most likely due to, again, some imbalance in your body and some stuff that hasn't been processed. And that's why you keep experiencing them, even though things are are fine and you're no longer in a um, traumatic situation. 
But like the book says, the title of the book says, the body keeps the score. Your body stores all of that inside and it can have a hard time getting back to a calm, regulated state, um, which is why PTSD is a thing, right? That is your body still feeling like it's back in that traumatic situation, even though it's not. So all of that to say is that you cannot control how your mind and your body respond to the things that were done to you, the things that were said to you, the things that you lived through that were traumatic things. We can't control other people and what they do to us. We can't control our own body sometimes and how it responds to things. But what we can control is taking steps to lessen our trauma, lessen our anxiety, lessen our depression, and fight back against that and work on moving forward in healing. What we can control is the path that we take through life and how we move forward and how we face obstacles. And like I talked about, we can either go around them and keep skirting them, or we can choose to go through them and come out on the other side. So I hope this encourages you to take whatever you feel like is your next step for getting help for your mental health. Maybe it's just looking up therapist in your area. Maybe it's going to your pastor or someone you trust at your church and asking them to point you in the right direction because usually pastors have resources like that or they know people who can help you. Maybe talking to your friends, right? If there's a friend that goes to a therapist, you could talk to them and have them kind of help shop around for you or refer you to places. That's how I found my psychiatrist was a friend referred me to her. So whatever you feel like your next step is, I just encourage you to take it. You know, there's no time like the present. <laughs> and those issues um, aren't going to go away if you don't face them. All of that stuff will just continue to live inside you and fester and worsen. Like I talked about, I feel like every hard thing I've gone through has just kind of compounded and just become a bigger obstacle for me to overcome. <laughs> and if I had tackled it when it was a smaller obstacle, maybe it wouldn't be as hard as it is now. And so if I can spare anyone else <laughs> that hard journey, I would love to know <laughs> that I had that impact. So, yeah. Today is the day, and let this be your friendly encouragement to move forward in faith, to take whatever you feel like is the next tangible step, the small step that you can take, and to embrace the life that God has for you, because I know that there is so much on the other side. I know that there is so much healing that lies ahead for me. There is so much life for me to embrace. There is a new version of myself waiting on the other side of all of this hard work. And I know that version of myself is someone who is healed and whole and at peace and someone who fights to overcome their issues rather than just coexist with them. 
And I pray that and I want that for you, that you would also meet that version of yourself because they are within you ready to come out, ready to be a part of the world. And you have a lot to offer. So I'm going to end it here. And again, if you need any resources, um, I have shared some on my Instagram. You can follow me there at lonewolvesclub.pod. And you can email me at lonewolvesclubpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and encourage you and even give you more resources if you need. And um, please, you know, rate and share this message with other people who need this encouragement. Um, This is how my message gets spread and impacts more people if you share and wait. I know every content creator asks for that, but it really, really does help get the message out there if you wait from whatever platform you listen to podcast on. And if you share it or share the little reels, which are often snippets of my episodes, if you share those around too and reach more people, because again, my goal is for more Christians to talk about this in a healthy, proactive way so that we can all be the most healed and whole versions of ourself. Thank you so much for listening and for spending a small portion of your day with me. I appreciate you so, so much. And until next time.